This is Dr. Tar. This is Professor Feather. This is the Midnight Gadfly. This is Dr. Head. And this is Blumfez. And you are listening to... It's looking at you guys. It's <laughs> talking about the morning stream. <laughs> well, fellow inmates, tonight we are in for a great treat. So I hope you've uh, let your stream out and can sit back for some quality therapy sessions. Tonight we're going to go back to 1974 when roller skating was still pretty cool. We're going to talk about Kolchak the Night Stalker. <laughs> to the Archies, by the way. That's right. One of my favorite TV shows as a kid. I still love watching it. And it's actually being shown on MeTV every week. So check it out. Kolchak the Night Stalker is on. It originally aired on 1974 to 1975 on ABC. And the series focused on independent news service reporter Carl Kolchak who investigates mysterious crimes with unlikely causes, mostly surrounding or involving supernatural or science fiction or monster elements. And uh, just a great, fun series. It, before the series began, there were two Kolchak movies, The Night Stalker in 1972, The Night Strangler in 1973. And even though the series itself lasted only one season, uh, it's, it's still popular, and it also really was the basis for the X-Files. Chris Carter loved Kolchak the Night Stalker and said that it was the tremendous influence on that series. Um, the series was created by writer Jeff Rice, who wrote the novelizations of the movies, and The Night Strangler with Richard Matheson. Um, so that, uh, you know, it's pretty, pretty good quality stuff there. Uh, Kolchak always had this disheveled powder blue suit with a pork pie hat, you know, kind of a hideous looking hat. Always carried a camera, cassette recorder, and drove around this lovely Mustang convertible. And uh, kind of relies on on luck and pluck outside help to to uh, get the news story. But, and But yeah, he was always a skeptic though too, until he saw with his own eyes or whatever. I, I always liked that about him though. I like the skeptical quality of this whole, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like yes. yeah, pre, yeah, predated the X Files, you know, where everybody, uh, you know, but yeah, and then the cover up, so too, with these organizations and such. Precisely, you see both Scholar and Moldy in, or Moldy, you see Moldy, Moldy. in him. He's looking pretty Moldy. <laughs> Scully and Mulder, uh, but yeah, you do see the 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 trying to silence the truth. You see the truth from all the from the police officers to the government agencies trying to swell from his editor, you know, um, trying to, to swell all, all these stories from coming out. Um, but I smell squilling. Yeah. But there's always at the end scene where you, you know, he's just talking into his tape recorder and he's always saying thing like, if I had not seen this, I wouldn't believe it. I bet you wouldn't either. But since you were there with me, you now know the truth kind of thing, you know? So what was um, that other, wasn't there another movie or TV show at the time? What was that called? Uh, the Norlis tapes, or 
Yeah, Narlis. No, I'm talking about. I've not seen. I do. I've not. I've not seen it. I've heard about it, but I've not watched it. But I think it's something he's like similar. A, to. They have all these tapes of this paranormal researcher, and he's missing at the moment. But the the series was supposed to be going back through these tapes, and okay. each episode was like listening to one of the tapes. Well, I think but, the original Kolchak novelization that that Jeff Rice wrote was called the Kolchak tapes. So I'm not Some sure which one came out, Norlis tapes or Kolchak tapes. So I'm no, not sure. No, I, I, I think the Norlis tapes was like kind of a ripoff of the uh, oh. Night Stalker at the time. That's what I'm thinking. Could very well be. Could very well be. But I'm not sure when that was made though. But I had that. What's what's his name? Roy Thinnis. Um, yep. 1973 yeah. and Angie Dickinson. So there you go. Um. Right, so I, I'm just going to let this loose now. I've, I've kind of given the overview. Uh, we could talk about our favorite episodes, some of the cast. There's some great supporting cast here. Um, and and some of our favorite episodes. And uh, so I'll, I'll turn this turn this over to, to uh, Midnight Gatfly. Can you talk about Kolchak? Uh, yeah, I ended up uh, watching quite a few of these on NBC.com. Com. Yeah, you know, so they're streaming on there with an interminable number of commercials, which really make the episodes hard to watch because there's so many of them. Um, but <laughs> it, what what I started to discover, you know, when I'm looking at this is the intro itself is just sets the tone with that kind of whistling uh, and mm -hmm. it's not even in sync with his mouth. Um, yeah. And then it's very bad, very yeah. bad. And he walks, it's, you know, it's almost sets this kind of tone for the, that type of TV show. Um, when you're watching it, you're like, what the hell am I getting myself into? Then he throws his hat while he, before he sits down and it like bounces and I think and goes in the garbage as far as I can tell right there. And he sits down and then they change the tone of that music to that really cool mm -hmm. uh, kind of creepy music that they yes. use at the end yeah. of the show. It's very well. menacing. Yeah. And then you got the clap of the typewriter going yep. across the, you right. know, on the and paper. seeing the words like he came at me or yeah. monster, you know, yes, very scary. Yeah. And I mean, in the overall series, the things that strike me are that uh, he's almost kind of a, he doesn't really get all that lascivious with women. Like there's not a whole lot of backstory to him. You know what I mean? And the first one he did, he had a girlfriend. He did, but it's it's a little bit, and then you um, know, you're they, right, you're they, right. They're more like yeah. they had been together for a while. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. they they just don't play off a lot of that stuff. So mm -hmm. they also do a lot of stuff that's either just whacked out or completely inappropriate for today's time. So in the very first episode, they captured Jack the Ripper. They put him in jail, complete with his cape and his suit and stuff, and he busts out, you know, uh, and he's still got that. And he's getting all of his information from uh, what he refers to as this fat reporter woman, uh, takes her to lunch. She orders, you know, 10 different courses and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I say the overall the show is you could step in at any episode. It's it's a monster of the week. Uh, you get the yes, they, they, it they, is. Yeah, they redo the premise, you know, in some creative way, which is the conflict between him and his boss, what they want him to do, what he doesn't want to do, um, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, oh, it, I totally agree. But that's yeah. what, I like that about that. Yeah. And that's initially X Files started off like that, but yeah. then it went into that storyline that they had and yeah i personally like the monster of the week idea you know where and then maybe connecting them all together but 
My, anyway, my favorite episode. I got tired of the black slime thing. Yeah, my favorite episode was the Black Knight episode. Cause oh, it, really? Oh, oh really? it is a cartoon. Those The costumes that the characters wear, it's David Chase who wrote that uh, teleplay. And you can tell that he has just, in that episode, amped up the, the parallel between that and Scooby-Doo. Yeah, you know where it's you know we were talking the difference between those is that the Scooby Doo ones weren't really supernatural and uh, the the Kolchak old man Simmons, (laughs) but I really like that. That had a lot of uh, you know cool character actors, a lot of good uh, like almost exaggerated angles. The the captain that is supposed to be this legendary captain and really says absolutely nothing and. You just watch Kolchak's face as he gets baffled. <laughs> with, and then he finally goes, what are you talking about? And the guy gets all upset, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's, I, I think, you know, those, those, are, those are all, it, it's pretty impressive how they don't have an arc. There is no overall story arc. But it is interesting how they, they start that trope of uh, fake news and, you know, news manipulated and, you know, it's constantly drumming that in that the stuff's going on, but it's always, you know, censored in some form. You know, you may get little driblets of it, but that, you know, but that's it. it, it yeah, it's interesting. I mean, they, they, that goes back a little farther, but yeah, it's kind of it's a it's a fun TV series. I I remember this in the summertime all the time. You know, you go out and go do whatever you do in the summer, and when it starts to get dark, you come home, and then this was on, and you, yeah, I I remember this. I saw all of them. It was great. <laughs> it was on late night. Uh, at the I time. saw they kept it. on bringing it back and forth. Nine o'clock. They, they, yeah, they kept on bringing it back in different incarnations, and they were trying like a late night version, and they had the prime time. And I think you know, I think it was on a well, I say a Friday night, perhaps. I'm trying to remember now what night it played, but uh, yeah, again, Kolchak's you know he's usually getting his information from like these like the sleazy guy who works at the morgue, you know, he's always got like a numbers racket going. And so he's always like giving him money to like, you know, it's like paying the guy for the, for the tips, for the information. Yeah. He's the reporter guy. Yeah. He just has connections. So it's just that follow. It's that, it's that kind of stand that formula where, you know, you got your informants, you got to pay them off, you know, but he also, he, he, he kind of knows what to look for. Now the weird stuff, you know, later on, it's just kind of blends into it, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, Blue Fez, how about how about yourself? What's uh, what is your uh, take on Kolchak, the Night Stalker? You're muted, and we're back. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I thought you were doing one of those things, like I'm going to pretend not to be talking. And... Yeah. Look at me, old timey. We're going to missync the audio to my face. Yeah, sorry about that. All right, so for me, didn't get to see this in original run, which is really odd because my mom was a huge horror fan, horror nut, loved Stephen King. Oh, you would you think know? this would have been on in in the house. Oh yeah, let's. I, my mom is the reason why I have issues watching The Exorcist. She let us see it a little too young, and I was like, oh my goodness, but. So I, I didn't get to see this until much later. Um, and then, of course, then as an adult, when I, you know, when I hear everybody talking about it or you would hear uh, they, they would always reference Kolchak on Mystery Science Theater um, and I, I would track it down. But there is I must have seen a rerun 
of one of these episodes as a kid later on. And it, the only thing I could remember was a headless motorcycle rider. And I went on a website and looked it up and there was one, it was episode seven. It was the chopper. And it's this, these, these, I think and it still looks gang. like a guy with shoulder pads with no. <laughs> yeah, yes, it does. And for some reason, that always stood out to me. And I, I guess probably my brain is like, "Oh, Legend of Sleepy Hollow." Yeah, the yeah. headless motorcycle guy kind of ran yeah. everything together. Uh, but I, I, I remember that episode clearly, and uh, just for the creep factor alone as a kid. But then digging up a little bit, I find out that Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis. Uh, wrote and directed that episode, which I'm like, ah, okay. So our future back to the future creators here. Um, it's, it, yeah, the creativity was great. I, I, I think my favorite one was, uh, what's the, what, the Rish, Rishaka or what was that? The, Rakshasa. All of us D&D people know that word, don't we? <laughs> well, you know, but they, yeah. they, they brought into like the idea that the, the swastika, you know, it, that's not just a Nazi symbol. That that was a good luck symbol. That was a, you know what I mean? It reversed. It's a magical symbol. Reversed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The symbol is reversed. And, yeah, right. Yeah, protection against that, evil. That, that they point, the idea And is so the reverse is evil. Story. Yes, exactly. Hitler wasn't. I thought that was really cool. And yeah, and the idea, and the monster was kind of cool too. It was just, yeah, it was. Yeah, that was that's one, one of my favorite, favorite episodes. episodes. Yeah. yeah. It scared the crap out of me as a kid. Some of these just, yeah. just terrified me. But I couldn't, would never stop watching it. But that was one yeah. of them. And because I loved, and then as I got older and started getting into it, the fact that they were bringing in this Hindu mysticism and talking about yeah. this Hindu spirit. And I, I feel like I learned Introduced something. You to it, yeah. Right, yeah. this concept of it. Because they did the same thing with like the Native American spirits. Uh, oh, yeah, that's the, the one I was going to talk about. Yeah, oh, yeah, well, Bad yeah. Medicine. Bad Medicine. Yeah. With, well, with with our favorite actor, Ega. Ega, well, there were several sure, of the spirits. Yeah. So I'll let you talk about that one, Feather. But that, the one I was yeah. thinking was Macho Manito. Oh, yes. Was, right. In the, right. In the no, hospital. That, yeah. with, yes. You know, this, this bear spirit that kind of only came out in the summer months. And it was unleashed. <coughs> uh, because it was unbearable. The yeah. They were draining the, the cold, frigid uh, lake that the hospital was being built on. And so it got warm. And then the spirit came out. And it was the energy eater. It started just eating all this stuff, you know. And... Um, but yeah, go ahead, Feather, and talk about bad medicine. Oh, yeah, that was, that yeah was no, that's, like a good, that's a good episode, though. You're yeah, right. Macho right. Manito. Yeah. Yeah, the bad medicine is about the um, a curse, essentially. And uh, Richard Keel is the uh, embodiment of the curse in the form of a human. Who looks like, like a huge Indian. That's absolutely true. A, a crow, um, a blackbird, and a coyote. Um, so he's a shapeshifter. Um, uh, yeah, uh, but he, he has a curse on him, and he has come back to get these jewels to make the perfect jewel that will undo the curse. And that's his whole goal. Um, now, having jewel. said that, nobody's really talked about one of the things that I dislike about Kolchak, and I always have, is what I considered, even by th this time, this to become an insipid plot device and that's the crotchety editor and you know the maverick the maverick reporter um and 
which may be okay if it all ended correctly. But I always wondered from the first time I saw this, this is National Enquirer stuff, you know, Um, if you're going to read it, it's not in any kind of legitimate. So how are you even knowing any of this? You know, the, 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 the aspect of reality is just not there. Um, now, having said that, okay, maybe I'm going to give the artists credit that they meant that to, to happen. It's kind of outside of reality because it is in effect an, 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 a real-life uh, cartoon. <laughs> That's what Kolchak is. Um, and there's reference well, yeah. back. You're at reference you know, back to Scooby Doo and you know the influences, and it's it, much like that only that with exactly as, as how, how long said, was yeah. an episode? An episode was what half hour? an hour, most hour was it an hour? An hour, yeah. hour. yeah, yeah, they're hours, but you know, what is that, you know, 50 minutes or whatever? But anyway, yeah, I I get it, but yeah, you're right. I mean, they allude to it to certain things, which is kind of cool because you can, it would have been nice sometimes for the editor to say, yeah, 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 go for it. <laughs> I think he did, but I and, think he did Simon later Oaken on. Didn't I, have the, Simon Oaken I didn't have I think later that. on episodes, he actually did do that, and but just to get him yeah. out of his hair. But anyway, you're, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, but I think, why do you do that? I mean, you obviously, you are right the first few times. You know, why are you going to be wrong this time? Yeah, yeah, just... But I think you can't have the editor believing this stuff. Like, yeah, there's all these supernatural things going on, Carl. Yeah, go ahead. I think it would be counterproductive. It would turn into this, this going out and having everyone believe Kolchak. That's part of, I think, the main antagonism is that no one believes these incredulous, incredulous things well, are happening in Chicago. Yeah, you know? and he doesn't though either, and it's just like he doesn't want to, I guess. But he's been right. But then he can, but he, but as soon as he encounters it, he's a he's a diehard believer. I mean, he's intrigued by what's going on. He's always wanting to investigate. Yeah, you know, like yeah. like the one of the very early ones, like they were, they are, they will always be, or something like that. It's about the aliens, you know, an alien lands and oh. his, his ships needs to be repaired. He's gathering all these kinds of things to to repair his ship and go back. Like home. The one where they suck the bone marrow out of them, or right, the animals, yeah. And so he came by to get a to to, uh, to get a bite to eat, you know, take back off, yeah, you know. And but that was like the first like uh, I remember seeing an alien type movie yes, in a, yes. or a premise of of aliens landing. They're in a different wavelength, so you can't see them, you know, infrared or something. Um, so it was it was very cool. But that's I mean that's it, those kinds of things, even though there was science in that one, and there was an Android episode and a, a couple of, you know, prehistoric humanoid. Mr. Ring. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. but most yeah. of them were these crazy, unbelievable kinds of things that were still rooted in folklore and like like the, like the Creole one, the Spanish moss murders was this Creole right. spirit, you know, right. the, the uh, Paramount Fae, the boogeyman's right. going to get you. The but, zombie one was rooted in voodoo. You know, yeah. that was my favorite episode. The one that scared me the, the most was the zombie. Because the makeup was pretty good. The makeup was, was great. And the scene where he's got to dispatch the zombie, he's like right there. They're in this, you know, they're in a, in a junkyard. The zombie's like sleeping in a car and he's got to pour salt into his mouth and he's got to like light these candles and sew his mouth shut and with the salt. And then he's, you know, fills his mouth and he's just getting ready to put that needle into his into his mouth and the zombie's eyes opened up and I remember all of us screamed, my whole family. <laughs> we just screamed. And to this day I just smile at that at that moment because I remember That's how great. much joy and terror we had. But you know, but there was all but, that yeah great, going great back to feather though. There was no string to it. I mean you're right. There was mm-hmm. they were always the same formula each week. Mm-hmm. And then that right. kind of got tiresome. Yeah. There was no 
you know, know everybody else becoming involved in this and it was just yeah yeah and it's i think they played their functions we have to have the editor the naysaying editor shut it down every time it does become repetitious but well, you know so, the, they they did they got creative with the, that in certain episodes too there's the one episode where the two of them are arguing and they start the argument the train comes by you can't hear anything they say and then when the train's gone they they stop or another time they'll be arguing and they'll completely stop while the train goes by and then pick right back up when the train is gone you know so they play around with that i think that's one of the things this is nothing but a series of tropes and stereotypes I mean, you know, yeah. I love the yeah. Rakshasa one, but it's this, yeah. you know, this depreciating neighborhood and everybody that lives in there is a Jew, right? Which is what makes Except sense. for this guy that was, yeah. That was yeah, except for the for the Indian guy, yeah. Because and they, uh, even, yeah. they even make, you know, these references like he goes, how's the Indian restaurant working out for you in this neighborhood? He goes, they all coming in once matzo ball soup. You know, and, and the waiter working there is also a Jewish guy. You know, I can't remember that actor's name, but it's, uh, you know, I mean, that's they do those stereotypes. And I'm know, assuming they're in New York. Is that are they in New York? Chicago. Or Chicago? Chicago. All these things yeah, are in Chicago. Right. So if you did, if you thought Chicago was, you know, terrifying now, you know, in the 70s, it was worse because <laughs> there were monsters walking around. He goes to but L.A. What, he goes to L.A. In the movie, though, in the movie, was he? Yeah, he was in Vegas, though, right? Right. The, the, the vampire was in Las Vegas. In the first one. In the movie, right. the very yeah. first movie one. Yes, and I think the first episode, the the vampire was from Las Vegas, who came into Chicago. <laughs> I think that's where she used to work. She was a dancer or a escort. Elvis impersonator. As, yeah, an Elvis escort. A down and, and out vampire. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, the vampire. <laughs> I think it was the first one, and then yeah, the, then the Jack the Ripper one. You know. I'm going to impale you. <laughs> yeah, and then other other stars, you know, got their got there well i'm not sure about the starts but there's a cast of like you know eric estrada was in one with a with a mummy then aztec mummy richard keel playing yeah richard keel and you got uh alice ghostly and who's an alien uh tom scarrett yes it was like the one with the devil you know the the uh the satanic dog which i think was used because it tied in with um oh god the the killer who thought the dog was talking son of sam Son of Sam, you know, yeah. yeah. So they were, I think they were doing some effort to to make a connection between that and also no. the omen. Remember, the omen no. had that Doberman pincher that was the devil as well. So they were really hitting that that trope pretty hard. Dog, you yeah. such a bad dog. They had dog Will Hunt. Well, the Rakshasa one had Phil Silvers. Um, yeah. Yeah. Jamie right. Farr was in one, <laughs> and uh, Conan's dad was in one. William, William Smith. Smith. Yeah. What was he in? He was in the Energy Eater. He was the studly yeah. uh, construction yeah. oh, that's guy. Right. That's right. The, the oh, women, okay. The women were falling oh, cool. all over him. Oh, all right, cool. All right. Yeah. Will right. Smith. Sorry, he doesn't talk <laughs> like that. But <laughs> well, apart from the um, the series, we should talk about Darren McGavin. Um, Darren oh, yeah. McGavin had a long history in uh, starting out in films but quickly moving to tv and he was a presence in in tv for a long time through the 50s 60s and 70s he was uh he had various series one that i remember in particular i think it was 68 or 69 right in there it was called the outsiders um and he was like a private investigator 
on the beach, you know, and it, it was the whole beach scene. Uh, and I remember one episode in particular where they, he, he slipped some LSD and he, so, you know, 15 what minutes, year? 15 minutes, this? This is like 69, I think 1969, I think. And they, you know, have like 15 minutes of, is this just really freaked out uh, imagery of what he's going through. It's really good. Freaked out uh, Terry McGavin. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very, <laughs> it was very good. I like the series. It was a little more understated. He also, uh, the series that I really remember him from big time too, is from the late fifties, nineteen fifties. He he did a series, I think a year or two years, of uh, Mickey Spillane's Mike Hammer. Yeah, Mike Hammer, nineteen fifty eight. Oh man, those I re- I was like eight years old and watching those. Those were you know, I I was getting grit. You know, finally getting what I thought was grit until I, you know, I, I got it, my education later on in life, but you know, for an eight year old, that was, it was kind of gritty and I liked him in that role. So, you know, I, I always have had a fondness for him. Um, and you know, he's been, and he was in a bunch of other series and just, you know, pops up all over the place. Um, just, uh, yeah. And he's just kind of a character actor, I think, you mm-hmm. know, and just, and always kind of had this, not the same character, but always a character, you know, um, somebody mentioned a point we talked about Christmas story to me, that's Darren McGavin's best movie. I mean, because oh, that's, yes. one of my, that's yeah. only because that's one of my all time favorite movies. So it's you mm-hmm. know, probably one of his, but no, but he's perfect, just great he yeah. is a quintessential yeah. dad. Yeah. I love that. Speaking about Christmas. <laughs> yes. And that's how we connected folks here. You know, All over the place. Right. Unsane radio. Don't put the fork in your socket. Connect the dots. Um, go one ahead. Of the, one of the things that uh, people often uh, are misinformed about is that the show wasn't canceled after one season. Uh, Darren McGavin asked to be released from his contract. Uh, because apparently, uh, you know, one of the other funny things is he keeps referring to a, his editor, Vincenzo, as an old man. Um, and I think they were like two years apart because at this time he's like 50, uh, Darren McGavin's 52 years old. Um, but he was doing a lot of his own stunts. So if you watch a lot of the stuff that he's doing, that's him in there. And he had producer duties too. And he said by the end of that first season, he was just exhausted. Um, and they agreed and said, yeah, we'll, we'll let you out of your contract. That's too bad. I do remember I had the Kolchak 20th anniversary book, which I got at this amazing comic book store in Bowling Green called Hidden Realms. And I uh, hmm. I remember reading that, and, and it was actually his his wife who was in the very last episode. <laughs> yeah, his wife is one of the, she co-stars in it, and she was saying by that time, because they had such a long shooting schedule and it was usually at night, he was pretty much grumpy and surly by that time because he just was really just 20 weeks of shooting at night and being up all night and then the, the extra duty with producing. He just didn't want to have anything to do with it anymore, and he was just tired, you know. But um, it's too bad. I think the show there was there's a couple stinkers in there. I'm not crazy about Mr. Ring and a couple <laughs> other ones. I'm like, oh, come on. But uh, it still appeals to that child in me, and then it's still there's it, it, it is a product of its era and of that, and also because it was groundbreaking to see horror and sci-fi on television on such a regular basis and make yeah. it accessible. That's that's what still appeals to me. It's like, yeah, I just I 
you know. And I think what's amazing now is you can literally go back and watch an episode of any of these things that we're talking about. Yeah, they're yeah. they're easily found out I there. I mean, it, it it's fun. I I like going back and watching a little bit of each of these things that we're talking about. But then you get to a point, it's like, oh boy, this is pretty stupid, and I can't do it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's uh, I I like it. I, I actually, you know, I went back and watched a little bit of Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. I think I got like yeah, a nice. few minutes. But <laughs> but anyway, the colored ones, I just. The color is just fucking so vibrant in all these Irwin Allen movies. So I love it. Have you have you go back and look at it? Maybe I know these are like remastered things that they're putting back out, but damn, they look like uh, they look like a, a lot of the Italian, you know that. Yeah. You know that that's structure. Crisp. Yeah, that very and very uh, simple. You know that. Uh, yeah, sixties uh, atomic look. You know. Everything's so well with, with Kolchak. <laughs> Kolchak was actually on an episode of Scooby Doo, right? So he guest starred on one of the, I think it was a <laughs> Scooby Doo movie or something. This nut thinks he's a talking dog, right? Um, <laughs> and then you know, you, you, we this spawned a whole new subgenre, right? Of television that you know, we talked about the X Files. Well, he had a part on the X Files as well. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think he had been resistant to being on it, uh, you know, until I think, you know, the writer or whatever was you mm-hmm. know, convinced him. So I, you know, I think there's all Wasn't kinds of Wasn't he stuff always that... the realist, though? I mean, uh, Darren McGavin himself didn't. I mean, that was his whole thing. He didn't want to do Night Stalker because he was, it's like, this is just stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's the whole supernatural idea of it. And wasn't Kolchak, I think it was on the most recent incarnation of the X-Files miniseries. Wasn't there a Kolchak-like character in that? If you remember seeing it, it was a guy in the suit. I remember I remember the kind of doing this homage, where, uh, you know, a slight homage, because he didn't like come out and say it was Kolchak, but he was wearing the powder blue suit. Yeah, yeah. He had the straw hat. He had the camera. I'm like, and oh, I thought, nice. Mike, nice. oh, my I God, it's Chris Carter. I think they did the It might have been. I think they did that on Supernatural as well. I think there's a, a person okay. that, that shows up like that. They redid uh, Kolchak um, for a very limited time in 2005. Six episodes, yeah. I think. Yeah, it, it, it tanked. Was, it just yeah. didn't do well. It, because it wasn't like the original, it was. Uh, if you just watch it for what it is, it's actually pretty good. You know, it's is not. That, it's not. You know, it's not is it? I've never seen it. Can you? Where, where can you find that at? I don't think it's streaming anywhere free. Um, but YouTube or anything like that? Morning streaming somewhere? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I, Moonstone, I'm, I'm sure you can find it elsewhere. Moonstone Comics brings out an occasional Kolchak comic book series. And there's a brand new Kolchak novel that's just coming out. Because uh, I know the artist who paints the, painted the cover, Mark Maddox. I think it was um, Dynamite or one of those um, yeah. actually produced. Dynamite. There were there were two unproduced movies uh, scripts for one or two movies, um, and they just ended up making those back in the late '90s or early two, uh, probably early 2000s into a comic book series. Just to add it. Okay. Cool. It. Nice. Well, anyone else have anything to say about uh, Kolchak before we we move on? I have a question. Was he wearing oh. a toupee? I, I 
I never thought about it being a toupee. I always thought it was his hair. Well, I'm just curious because, I mean, like. Were we duped by the tube? Have you seen him in, uh, what is the movie, Dead Heat? Dead Heat? No. Oh, you got to see Dead Heat. Treat Williams, Joe Piscopo. Joe Piscopo. (laughs) Darren Bacallan. More like Smoke Treat Williams. It's streaming. Maybe we should do an episode on that. It's painful. What's it called? Dead Heat. Dead Heat. Uh, I'm thinking it's another, bean, not... another bad movie night. I can see Fez chomping at the bits on that one. <laughs> it is. Oh. It is pretty bad. Yeah. yeah, that's one of my faves. Wow. I'll check that in my next list of movies to avoid. And Joe Piscopo <laughs> is, Joe Piscopo well, is ripped. Really? Movie. Yeah, and he stands around with that. tight t-shirts posing and flexing and stuff. Of course. Yeah, pretty funny. like Kenneth Branagh did it in, in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, where he keeps on turning to the side so you can see his obliques yeah. and his sculpted physique. Yes. Like, I get it, Kenneth Branagh. You're directing the movie. I know. You want to show beaut- off your gym, gym time in the last hour. I get but it. But beaut- beautifully lit. <laughs> Dead heat? Yeah. His abs. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh yes, yes. Dead heat. They're no. glowing. Just his abs. He's talk- no, his nose. they glisten. He's talking, <laughs> he's, he's talking about the rim light on his ass. Where's, oh, where's the oil boy? I'm <laughs> where's speaking of morning stream? Where's the where's the oil boy? Right. Am I glistening? <laughs> I'm the unlucky do. sap who had that job. I grow right. in the evening and I glisten Wait. in the morning. <laughs> I gotta go take a gliss. <laughs> All right. I guess we're out of here. Yeah, you guys want to watch me take a dump? Say! This is Dr. Tom! This is Professor Feather. This is the Midnight Gadfly. This is Dr. Head. And this is the Blue Fez. And you are listening to Un- Radio at gmail.com. Radio Take her away, Blue Fez. At twitter.com. Oh, that's not fair. He put me on the spot. Well, I'll do a plug. How about we just plug ourselves? <clears throat> well, hey, now. <clears throat> since I've been, since you I can find, <laughs> You can find my comic strip, We Freaks, on Facebook, W-E-E-F-R-E-E-K-Z. Over to Dr. Head. You can find me everywhere, Mark Justice Comma Writer on Facebook. I'm on Goodreads as well, and a bunch of stuff like that. So come on, check me out. Plug me. Tarn Feather Psycho Cinema is on Facebook. We also have a website, tarandfeather.com. T-A-R-R-A-N-D-F-E-T-H-E-R.com. Say what? Say that again. (laughs) (laughs) Dot com. 
um, visit. Li listen, if you do nothing else, if you've reached this point, go to the website, unsaneradio.com, if you haven't yet, and look at most most of the art in there is done by uh, um, Feather, <laughs> Doctor Tar. Tar, by Doctor Tar. No, by Doctor Tar. Um, and it's very good. Every once in a while, I'll sneak one in. I forget who, which one of you guys is Feather, which one of you is Tar. I don't know. We never, we did, we we seldom even distinguish that, make that distinction. We're, we're mutable. <laughs> you are beautiful. We are we're running mutable. the. Make no doubt about it. We do run the asylum. Yes. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm the inmate wrangler. <laughs> oh, so Doctor Head and Blue Fez are the inmates. Well, I've been wrangling something, but I was told I'd go to hell if I did it, so. You got to wrangle your dangle. <laughs> I said, I'm, I don't care. I'm making the saints cry. <laughs> Bishop to Beaton. Where's my sock? Johnny Long Sock. Has to be anonymous. Dot com. Good night. <laughs> and may you have a pleasant morning stream. <laughs>